This episode is brought to you by The One Summit, two days that would change your life forever. For tickets, go to theonesummit.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and as always, by my side, my champion mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. Lawrence Tam, so good to be with you, great man. How are things over there in sunny WA? Hey, it's uh, 25 degrees Celsius today, and it's absolute bombing beachy weather <laughs> on the middle of winter. I'm hey, pretty excited um- today. Yeah, because you know 25 is 50% of a very important number. It is. It is. It's uh, our 50th episode of dun, The Inside Champions. Oh, yes. I'm pretty excited. I can't believe we actually got into a 50th uh, episode. I mean, we only do these fortnightly um, so or every two weeks for those people who are not Australian. Um, it's amazing to uh, have gone to this point. Um, I'm pretty proud of the uh, the podcast that we've created. This is just a fun episode, uh, podcast for me um, to really just kind of, you know, get stuff out of my head and uh, to help the world. And, uh, you know, you've been a great champion uh, co-host. Uh, I really thank you, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, I got to also acknowledge uh, Jeff Spencer, who uh, started up me started the podcast yes. with me initially in the first 12 episodes. And uh, we had a limited run of the 12, 12 um, uh, episode series just because it was, you know, I, it was just in a concept. It was an idea. And uh, I thought, you know, that I thought after 12 episodes, it was something that I needed to continue with. And uh, I felt uh, I'm really happy that I made that decision. I'm really happy that I brought brought you on board. Um, and you've been able to ask those, you know, those amazing questions uh, and to really draw the best in both of us. So um, it's really great having you here, man. Now, LT, were we very, uh, thank you for those beautiful words, great man. Were we very organized in uh, celebrating our 50th episode? Oh, yes, we are. Because we, we just... were so, we were like, we had planned this like weeks and months ago, hadn't we? Oh, we planned this from like day, <laughs> week 12, week 12, um, yeah. on the first episode yeah. <laughs> yeah. we did together. So, so let's be honest, folks. We just realized before we went to air that we were about to record the 50th episode, but... Don't tell people the... that. No, no. I'm cutting this I, out. Yeah, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't lie. I'm like Jim Carrey. I can't lie to, to, tell, to save us all. But this is the thing. This episode is released, and you will know this now because you're listening to it, just two days before the summit. So I said to LT, let's give away some tickets to the summit. I think it's a fantastic idea, and it's assuming that we have still tickets left. So um, one of the key things is that the Wellness Summit is going to be a sensational event. We got 10 speakers um, and that's going to be there speaking over two days. And we got the fabulous Pete Evans, uh, the celebrity chef on, uh, that's uh, obviously going to be uh, coming there. We got Joe Witten, we got Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, the wellness guy's going to be there, and Rich and Stu from the Careers Unplugged. So it's going to be a gonna fantastic be big. event. It's going to be huge. To be big. So if you're listening to this episode, I would suggest, actually, I would probably, yeah, go to thewellnesssummit.com. And uh, actually, we will give you the code at the end of this. Uh, oh, you're cheeky. You're cheeky. Hey, I don't want people to just go sign up and not listen to this podcast. <laughs> and not listen to the episode. So you have to listen to the episode and we'll give you a secret code. Okay, yeah. a secret code that yeah. will, well, actually, we'll tell you what the prize and is. And don't even try fast forwarding the episode because we might just be cheeky and embed it in the middle of the episode. That's right. So you're going to have to listen. <laughs> I don't know where to put it. I'll put it somewhere. And if you hear a special code, uh, I love it. It's almost like doing radio here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. 
Um, yeah. So basically, we'll put the code somewhere on this episode, and once you hear that code, you will, you will. Actually, I'll tell you what the prize will be. The prize will be five. We're giving away five. Count it five single um, wellness summit tickets to the event in Melbourne. So if you're listening to this, um, you have to listen somewhere, and uh, you find the special code, and uh, we'll announce that special code. And once you do that, go to thewellnesssummit.com. Enter the promotional code and you'll get a free ticket for yourself. Okay, so and I'd love to see there and make sure you come. 15, and that's fifteen hundred bucks worth of tickets. Yeah. So and that is a big thank you to everyone who's followed us on Inside the Champions Mind. Now, Lawrence, I have something to tell you. Yes, please do. I am just back from twelve days in Victoria, and uh, even though it was sad to be in such cold weather for so long, it was so awesome to be around family and friends uh, that I haven't seen for some time. And uh, I was in fire stayed in five different beds in twelve days, and was very happy to return home. But one of the houses that I stayed at was my darling mother's, and um, loved seeing mum. But I had a conversation with my mum that. To say it pushed my buttons is probably not it's not it's not the most not accurate. It wasn't a push my buttons. It actually surprised me. And I thought if it surprised me, it's something that like on we like to do on these fortnightly therapy sessions with ourselves, I think it would surprise others as well and maybe something we could talk about. So I said to Mum, Mum, um, you know how you been, whatever, and Mum was telling me a few things and we got onto some deep and meaningfuls and Mum said Marcus, a lot of people live their lives not necessarily doing what it is that they love because they can't do what it is that they love. And then she said, and I'll use my mum's voice, I mean, look at your sisters. They'd love to work two days a week, but they can't. And she kept on saying that they can't, that they can't, they can't do this, they can't do that. And people can't live the lives that they really want to. And I said, well, mum, you've always been such an empowering, positive influence. I mean, my mum bought me Tony Robbins' Get the Edge for my 21st birthday. Like, she's always been about go out and conquer the world and, and be your absolute best. So when did my mum adopt the belief that, you know, you you had to adopt mediocrity because you did not have a choice? And I thought, well, are there people in our peer groups who challenge our beliefs about mediocrity? Are there people in our peer group who almost like don't want us to be world-class? Not that my mum doesn't want me to be world-class, but it's not about me, Um my mum has a belief that other people don't have a choice about being their absolute best. And I thought, why don't we go down this path? Like, do you think it's impossible for some people to actually get out of mediocrity? Like, is it impossible? Where is the threshold? What I titled the mediocrity threshold. Do we have a threshold about what it takes to be mediocre and what it takes to be world-class? What do you think? You know, I don't think there is a, I don't think it's impossible for anything. You know, that's, that's just my thinking. Maybe that's the, you know, that's just the, the champion mindset, right? Um, I don't think it's impossible. I think it's the, there could be a couple of factors. One, it could be the willingness to want to. Um, but I think before you have the willingness, you almost kind of have to see, you have to have an awareness. And oftentimes is that, um, we, we don't have the awareness of that we are thinking that way. You know, having that thinking, thinking, and I'm guilty of yeah. this. Everybody is, and yeah. I can't believe you just outed your mom there. By the way, too, my mom would be more than happy if she could join us on here. She'd be more than happy to join in the conversation. She'd <laughs> yell and scream, and yeah, but she would always say, "I'm not yelling. I'm not screaming. I'm just having a conversation." Um, but uh, <laughs> oh, Mrs. Pierce, be... I really hope you're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've uh, said a word of a lie. It's exactly what you say, but like, it's just the yeah. No, sorry, but I interrupted. You were saying something. No, I, I just think that you know, it's first of all. Before any of us wants to actually create change or have the ability to create change, you have to be aware that you need to have change. 
right? If you're not aware that you have a mediocre mindset, or you're not aware that you're in, uh, in stuck in mediocre um, in mentality, it's you would you will see the world as it is, and therefore you don't even think that you need to change because you don't you think the world is the problem, not you. Yeah. Okay. Right? So then, so then, can I ask you a question? Is it is it possible? I, mean, I think I know the answer to this, but people don't have a mediocrity mindset with all parts of their life. Like I know my mum, she runs cafes. Like she can help anyone turn around their cafe, like in an, in a heartbeat. Like she would have no um, no limiting belief that all cafes are, are mediocre and that they can't be world-class because mm. she would know how to turn it around. I, I just had a, So in I just parts a, of life, yeah. we're not all mediocre. It's just in other parts of our life, we might have a limiting belief. Ooh, I don't know if this concept flies. It just kind of popped in my head when, as you said that. What if, what if, and I'm just going to throw it out there, what do you think about this? I like this. What if we all are mediocre? Because yeah. dependent on the relative thing that we're kind of comparing ourselves to. Yes. Right? Think about that. Because, you know, when you said mediocre in parts of our life, yeah, well, we are. Like, I'm mediocre in certain areas of my life, guaranteed, because I'm, you know, because if I was, I can't be champion minds. Like, I'm totally honest about this. Are you mediocre with your understanding of makeup? Totally. (laughs) 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 Totally. (laughs) <gasps> yes, that, that's uh, definitely, you know. and and so, with my understanding of gardening. Like, gardening? Oh, hey, me too. Me too. I'm not even, I'm like, you know, so, so bad at it. But I mean, I'm just thinking about though, even, even no matter how great I think something that I'm, say, say mindset, say I'm going to say, I feel like I'm, I've got a good handle on my mindset, say, right? Which I, I still have, I acknowledge that I need to upgrade my mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's what I mean by mediocre and everything, because really, I'm sure there are, like, I know there are people who have a stronger mindset than I do. So in comparison, I really should need to adopt a bigger mindset. And so, uh, so what I'm, I think what I'm getting at, though, is that we all have areas of improvement. We all have areas to improve on, to step up with, and to really grow um, so that we can constantly achieve, because there's no limit I don't believe of what human beings are capable of doing because time and time again, people prove us wrong all the time, whether yeah. it be in sport, whether it be through um, business or their uh, human abilities for compassion and for the abilities to do just amazing things. This is what moves this world. This is what moves human beings because we're striving to be better each and every single time. Okay. So, does that mean then that if you've got a mediocre mindset in an area of your life, you don't necessarily have to go about changing it, you just have to find out what areas of your life that you acknowledge uh, have mediocrity in them and assess whether you actually do want to raise the bar? I think... Like, I have no interest in learning about makeup and becoming world-class in that area or gardening or some other parts of life that people are just committed to like wholeheartedly to be world-class and what my mum was talking about was having a mediocre more work life or like life passion um you know people don't live their passion i was probably exaggerating it to think that she was talking about just living their dreams but uh, maybe people have boring jobs but then they go home and they play the piano till midnight and they absolutely love it but they don't have an interest in turning that love of playing the piano into a career yeah i think there's there's 
my personal belief is that everybody has different values, right? We talked about this before. That everybody has different values that they they um, they want. The I think one of the key components here is that you know when we start to evaluate someone else's values based on our values. Okay, so if I'm have a value of saying, um, you know, say mindset and say money or family as my top three values, say, and, yeah. and I'm and I'm evaluating you and what you do based on my values, that's yeah. actually not a good thing to do because yes, then I'm impart, imparting my judgment of my values on you and what you should be doing. Where well, you might value time off and you know, um, family life and um, you know, whatever. Yeah, then that's going to be completely conflict. Com- wow. Wow. Wow, you've just you've you've hit a nerve here because you're actually taking me back to this conversation with my mum because I said to mum, I said, Mum, are you telling me like I want to say, did you raise us to be like most people? Mm-hmm. And this comes back to the projections of other people's values. I said, oh, I don't think you want I don't think you want your kids to be like average, like the average Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, middle class, like mediocre. Don't you want us to be the absolute best? And isn't that what you're saying, that some some thoughts or some beliefs that we have are actually linked to what other people are doing and not actually or being and not actually what we truly want in our own life? So to just remove any association to others and just come back to within and say, well, what's most important to me? Yeah, it's, you know, one of the hardest part about life, I think, is this is to determine what you're really passionate about, what you really, truly love, and uh, what your true purpose is, right? And, you know, let's face the fact that all of us are are governed by the culture that we live in, the family that we grew up in, the friends we hung up with, and the teachers that we that were influenced by us about, by um, to, throughout our lifetime, right? Yeah. And so, you know, if you grew, like I grew up in Canada, so I grew up in a very North American type of mentality, which is very similar to the Australian lifestyle. However, it's, there's subtle differences, right? You know, there's massive, I grew up in Canada versus Australia, which is very similar in country, but Canada also grew up, like I grew up in a country where in, in Toronto, a big city, which is right next door to United States. Yeah. And, you know, United States have, have you know, when I was a kid, it was, has always been the culture of the United States is what we call a melting pot, you know, where, you know, you, when you move into that country as a immigrant, you adopt the American lifestyle. Yes. You know, you don't uh, typically um, carry your own culture with it and have a distinct culture. Whereas in Canada, we're, we're known rather than the melting pot, we're uh, like a tossed salad, which means that you kind of, you basically get to keep your culture and uh, without having to integrate the Canadian lifestyle because there was no, you know, there really no Canadian culture per se. Yeah. So, for example, my grandparents, you know, both my grandparents, um, you know, uh, on both sides of the family, they barely spoke English. And my, I can guarantee you my grandmother doesn't even speak any English right now, right? So, so all her whole lifetime, she's been in Canada for, God, 40 years probably. No, maybe, maybe that's a bit much. 30, 30 somewhat years, right? 30 years, actually, 30 years. Um, and, uh, and she has probably never spoken english whatsoever in that country but in canada you you can get away with it because you just go into your chinatown and you live in the chinese community and pretty much you can kind of just function in that realm um without having to integrate with the rest of society you can because there's a massive chinese community there's a massive italian community there's a massive you know greek community and you know you know whatever it is you can actually just live there because canada especially in toronto um 
that has that type of lifestyle. Whereas in America, I'm sure you can do that as well, but it's a melting pot, which means you adopt the American lifestyle, which is, you know, always about striving to be the best that you can be, right? We all yeah. kind of, I'm, I'm, you know, please for, for Americans listening, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm generalizing here. I'm just generalizing everybody, but Australians are very similar, right? Australians yeah. have that culture of, you know, um, you know, you, you have certain cultures of like the tall puppy syndrome, you know, that you can't get up too high without before someone tried to knock you down a peg. Um, yes. you also got the culture, but however, you are very patriotic as well. Just as well, you've also got the Aussie battler. That's the other thing. Yeah, you, mean, exactly. You've got the Aussie battler at the same time. So it's like noble to be a battler. It's exactly. Um, and I find that funny. Like this is just, you know, this is coming from an, uh, I guess an outsider. I didn't grow up in this country, but I've been here for 12 years. So I am an Australian, right? So, yeah. but it's funny because I didn't grow up in this culture to think that, you know, most, not, not most Australians, there's this thing of connotation about Americans, right? That, you know, Australians don't want to become Americans. They're just too American. That's how they, you know, they even say it. It's too American, right? But yet your country, uh, Australians are very patriotic just as much as Americans are. Okay, yeah. where Canada was not much patriotic unless it's ice hockey, you yeah. know, so um, or curling. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, going back to my main point, my main point is that the culture that you grew up in. So the other culture that I grew up in is I grew up in a Chinese culture, but my parents were very westernized Chinese. Like, you know, my dad, you know, grew up in India. All his life, he was born and raised in Calcutta, in poor state of Calcutta. Um, and uh, and but he moved to Canada when he was 18 years old to try to find a better life for himself and for his family. And so he was very Westernized type of Chinese. Whereas the re- my mom very Westernized. She studied in England, um, grew up in China and Hong Kong. But when if I look at my aunts and uncles, right, which is my my brother and sister, my my mom's side has seven brothers and sisters. They are oh, yeah. very typical Chinese. Um, uh, typical Chinese, I guess, traditions, right? So yes. you can tell, like, the way my family works, like, you know, me and my brother were completely different than all my cousins. Because I, we grew up in the Western side, we, we, we were born and raised in Canada. So we have a different culture. So what I'm getting at is that where you raised, where you were born, your parents, um, the, the way their lifestyle, even though we were Chinese, or kind of Westernized Chinese, I'm being in Canada, all of that factored into the way my upbringing and my life. Now, take that to another level me and my brother are completely different like completely different we grew up in the same mother and father that had the same opportunities but we're completely different and so even within the same culture we had different friends we had different teachers and so those influence really start to infiltrate and it also the, the personal side of this you know i'm not saying that this is not not controlled by you it is controlled by you because your belief right that those people shape your belief system, but your belief in the world, your experience and the experiences you have has happened to you will shape the belief system that you currently have now. Okay. So yeah. let me repeat that. Think of, I, someone put this to me, so and a guy named Dick Santo, and I, I know um, he's absolutely, it was an amazing chiropractor. And he told me once, he said, think of the world like a movie screen, like the world you and I live in is like a movie screen and your eyes are like projectors like projecting the movie out into the world, right? So your view of the world and my view of the world, I mean, we're pretty similar, right, Marcus? Mm -hmm. But we're going to be completely different because you, you you were born and raised in Victoria and I'm born and raised in Canada. We have a different perspective of the world. You know, and a different viewpoint. And what we see, even though we're similar, we'll have see subtle differences. But like an experience, let's just say it's a roller coaster ride, you might have a fear for a roller coaster, and I might love roller coasters. But even yes. though the experience of roller coaster itself hasn't doesn't change, but our experience, because of our belief system, will change the way we feel and our emotional t- uh, take on it. 
and even our biochemistry will also change accordingly. You know, if you're fearful of a roller coaster, you'll be pumping up a whole bunch of cortisone um, um, hormones in there to try to basically, you know, fear or fly, uh, fight or fight or flight uh, type of um, stress response. Where, you know, I love roller coasters, say, I would just be, you know, putting out this endorphins throughout my whole body because I'm enjoying myself. So I'm listening to all of this. It's a fascinating story, I'll tell you. It's really just opened my eyes to a, a new level of thinking. And that is, is there almost like a subconscious, I'll call it a threshold, but within the family dynamic that we are um, either, what's the word, that maybe the older we get or the more aware we get, we, be, we become more, again, double the word, we become more aware of it. So I'm just wondering whether I've just become more aware of, say, the mediocrity threshold in my family or from my mum, let's say. Um, and, you know, I suppose my question is what do you think is the mediocrity threshold within your family? If you, if, if you, if you take my point here that maybe that we find as we get older and more aware that there is one within our culture our family, our household, and you can make it small as big as you like. But uh, do you see where I'm headed? Do you, yeah, do you have a feeling I think on, what, on I think where what, it might be? Yeah, I think you know what I'm, I'm saying. It goes back to the first point I made was about awareness. And I think what ends up happening is that as you, as you start to grow as a human being, as you start to grow as a person, what ends up happening is you start to see your, your previous experience or your previous um, circle of influence, right, or your previous character or person that you were, you see it from a different perspective. You're not seeing it within it now. You're, you're seeing it from the outside the circle looking in. And as you grow and grow, you start to see different perspective of yourself that you never saw until you grew. And so when you start to expand your knowledge and you expand your 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 horizon of, of um, experiences, what ends up happening is you're looking back, you go, man, like I never knew I used to do that. I mean, think of how many times, how many of you have gone back and go, man, I look at pictures of high school and I remember those stories and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> like seriously, right? Those hairstyles, like come on, right? Or the clothing or the person you dated or, you know, like, or, you know, the, oh, man. Do you, I remember oh, you like, I, there's a whole bunch of things that I wish I could take back. Like, like mom, you know, why didn't you tell me my hair? Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, I can't believe I said that to that girl. Yeah. Or I can't believe I did that. Like there was some, oh, there's some embarrassing things I would never want to re- reveal. But it's like, but talking about reveal, the code is ITCM50, just to be clear. Just to, yes. that's so the special cool. code for the five passes for the well, Wellness Summit in two days. Just just letting you know. Anyways, going back to this school thing. Um, it, it's it's about like you, we all had like, these experiences, right? Experiences where we we find ourselves in a situation where we, as we grow, we get different perspective, right? And you see a different perspective because you're growing and you start to see like when you go to university or when you go from high school, elementary to high school, high school to university, university to a job, and you, you start to see different perspective of how you live. And people who are a bit older look back and go, man, this generation has changed. Or, yeah. you know, like how fast, you know, I look back and look at the kids and go, man, I used to do that. I can't believe that. You know, yeah. but when you start to see different perspective, you start to recognize you become more, I think, self-aware, right? And yep. when you become more self-aware, then you start to realize that what you norm, what you do is, you know, you can put judgment on it if it's right or wrong, but it's almost like you start to realize that what's actually best for you. And when you grow, this is the growth of, of, of friendships and the same thing with family is that 
I, I think we, I'm sure we talked about this where as you grow as a person, you start to end up being at a position where you, you have to kind of detach yourselves from certain people in your life. Yeah. Not because, well, you kind of outgrow them, but not because you don't want to hang out with them anymore, but you know that it will probably do you a disservice by hanging on. Yeah. But some people are not willing to let go. People don't want to change. They don't want to grow. And so therefore they kind of hook themselves in to that peer group or the situation because it's easier. Yeah, it is easier to stay in the same. It's easier to change. But I've adopted the mindset, it's harder for me to stay. It's yeah. easier for me to grow and learn from and experience. And I'm sure you're the same way. And that's why the mindset you've adopted compared to, say, your mom's mindset was that, you know, it is possible. You have adopted the anything is possible mindset where she's, she feels that nothing, you know, not, not everything's is uh, possible and so that conflict in your mindset and your view of the world will conflict and yeah. there's no right or wrong it's just that it's just different yeah well that's the thing i mean i know my mum would say well have a look at the people in africa and starving away they can't go out and get a job and earn you know millions of dollars and la 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 i'm not talking about the you know absolute extremes here um, I think it's important that everyone recognize that when we're talking about the, the mediocrity threshold, let's say, that we're talking about just on your actual, you know, your day-to-day life and your actual ability to bring the best out of yourself. Um, I think the key is that most people, like you say, LT, it's so much easier. And I think we said this on the previous podcast or the one before, it's so much, it's so much easier and more socially accepted these days to be average than it is to be um, – World class, and that's it comes back to what we said earlier. I think the tall poppy and the Aussie battler. It's just the the Aussie battler is well accepted, and the tall poppy um, is almost like l- launched on. Mm. It, you know, it, perspective is huge, and um, there's a there's a great book called by Jim Collins by Good to Great. Uh, it's called yeah. Good to Great, and he talks about this paradox. And you know, I'm, I apologize if we got this wrong, but I think it's called the Hedgehog. No, no, it's not the hedgehog concept. It's the Stockdale paradox. I think I, I, I know that's not the name, but it's it starts with an S. And I apologize because this is live. I can't really research it while I talk. Stockdale. So yeah, yeah, Stockdale paradox. It's the Stockdale paradox. Okay, perfect. See, that's why I got a co-host. So the so Stockdale paradox. I mean, this guy was a uh, POW in I can't remember which war. So just say it was World War II, um, and he was a POW for like you know two or three years, and um, obviously he he came out of it. And the question was asked, he goes, how did you survive? And he goes, well, I had a, you know, I had a, I knew, I, I knew that I was going to live. Yeah. I'm like, wow, yes. that's pretty amazing. Oh, like, that's really cool. And he goes, well, what about like, who ended up dying in the POW camps? He goes, those people who, 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 um, those are the people who felt that they knew they're going to live, or they were going to be let out next month or had a timeline. Yeah. The, oh, so the optimist, that's what he said, the optimist. And he and the, and the question was like, well, how can that be true? Like, you know, you said you knew you were going to live, and that wouldn't that be classified as an optimist? And he says, no, because those optimists is the one that goes, I know I'm going to be let out by three months time. Yeah. And when three months passes away, he goes, no, no, it'll be six months. And then when six months passed, past time passed, they still didn't get out, and then they lose hope, right? What he said though, which is the this is the paradox, is that he knew he was going to live, but he also knew the current situation that they were in. So it wasn't to – he needed to take stock on the, the reality that they're actually in, right, which is that they're stuck in a POW camp. They're yeah. not being let out anytime soon. The war is not going to be over. But he knew without a doubt that he was going to live. 
And I had the opportunity, and I know what time's running out, I had the opportunity um, to go to um, the Museum of, oh, can't remember, my brain's not working today on the 50th episode, um, of, of you know, it. It's in um it's in Santa Monica or in, in Los Is it Angeles. The Getty, not the Getty Museum. Not the Getty Museum, but it was a museum for um it was against like racism and um and anyways I had an opportunity to listen to a, a woman who was one of the survival survivors of the Holocaust. Oh and it was wow. so powerful. Like it brought me to tears. I mean she was a she was a girl. Uh she was a, a girl and she watched her own brother and parents taken away from her and they passed away. But she said one of the key things I remember was that brought me back to this paradox thing was that she knew she was going to live, but it was not in spite of the knowing and 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 not knowing that you know just thinking everything could be cheery and rosy. No, yeah. she knew she was the situation she was in, but she also knew the hope that there was something better or that she was going to live. And the same thing if you watch uh, if you read Victor Frankel's uh, Man for Search for Meaning, which I started reading yeah. after um, going to this museum, um, it, it it talks about just about that thing. He had he knew. The situation they were in, it was, it sucked, right? So being a total optimist is not what I'm trying to say, right? You don't want to be the total optimist. You want to be no, you want to have faith and belief in yourself and that things are going to get better, but you also got to know, take stock that where, what, what situation you're working with. So we're talking about the African, you know, say Africa and being poor. They know the situation. They need to be aware of the situation, but they don't have to be let that stop them and impose them from having a, a great life. Yeah. You know, and, you know, this is 50th episode. We can go longer. So therefore, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. So think about this. I remember Martini. I think it was Martini talked about this. He said, you know, the problem is that when we go to help a country and we think of, say, say we go to Africa, okay, and we go, oh, these poor kids, you know, and they, they have no toys to play with, right? All they do is they, they take a stick and a rock and they're playing and they're having fun in the streets. Yeah. And we go, hey, he goes, oh, we feel bad because we're coming from our values. We come from Western society where we have, you know, tennis balls and, and basketballs and soccer balls. And we have like iPads and computers. So yeah. then we go, you know, hey, kids, here, here's an old computer that, you know, I no longer use. And here's a baseball. Uh, a ba- sorry, here's a, it's a soccer ball I can give you and you can play with. Right. So now we're imposing our values to them. And those kids look up and go, what is this? Oh, my yeah. God, there's a, a per- perfectly formed ball. Like it's beautifully designed. And now what would shift it? Is that a good thing? I'm not saying that's not a bad thing, but what ends up happening though, they were pretty happy with the stick and the rock in their mind. It's just that we weren't happy for them. Yeah. So when we give the soccer ball or the computer, all of a sudden they, the reality has shifted. The limitation now is going, oh my God, there's more. And now they compare to the sticks and rock is go, oh, the sticks and rock sucks. <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? So we Title. actually, because we impose their value on them, I don't know if this is right. Anyway, think about this, how the mentally shifts the, the kids. It goes, oh my God, I want more. Yes. Our, our value system has changed. Now, this is what happens to us is because we see potentials. We see the potential of what we can do and, and, and are able to strive for. But what the key thing is that, yes, that helps us in one aspect that there is, that doesn't limit us our, in, in, our, in a situation. But the thing is, is that we need to move towards it, but not compare ourselves to it. That's the difference. You don't want to compare yourself to the vision that you want to strive for because you'll be freaking depressed all the time. <laughs> right? Do you know what I mean? Like it, totally, mate. It, totally. It, you, you know, it's, it, if I want to compare myself to, say, Richard Branson, I want to be Richard Branson. I was like, freaking every day I would look in the mirror, I'm not Richard Branson. Like, that's just a bad way to live, right? Yeah. Rather than you could be looking back and go, man, did I move forward? 
Yeah. It doesn't mean you shouldn't strive for for his success. You know, but look back and go, did I did I live? Am I moving forward towards yeah. my dreams closer Great than I did call. yesterday? Great call, LT. Such a much more simpler and more um, empowering uh, way to to view just really even the purpose of our lives, isn't it? Rather than comparing it to this grand thing that someone else is doing, we can have the big vision, but all we have to do is turn over our shoulder and go, "Am I further ahead than I was yesterday?" Mm. So let's quickly summarize this. I know we've gone a little bit over time, but number one is you know this is the fiftieth episode, so you need to go to um, thewellnesssummit.com. Uh, just basically.com and uh, get your five, the first five people to enter the code ITCM50 will uh, get a pass to the wellness summer worth uh, $297. Now, the second thing I think is about becoming aware, okay? Being aware of yourself and being self-aware of the situation that you're in. Be self-aware of the people you hang around with. Are they holding you back or are they helping you grow, okay? Mm-hmm. I've always said this. If you're the smartest person in your group, you're in the wrong group, Okay, hang out with smarter people who 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 you want to strive with towards and help you that they have the ability to help you take them uh, take you with them. Okay, Um, and really the third thing is about really just knowing where you want to go and having the clarity and the value system for yourself. You can't change people. You know, I hope these podcasts help. You know, I don't help. You can love them. You can love them, but you can't change them. Exactly. My these the reason we do this podcast is not to help change you. Like, that's not my goal. I just hope that it gives you reflection upon you, the way you see the world and the way you see and experience life. And then I hope just by thinking about that, it allows you the opportunity to create that change. That's what I hope for. And so those are the three summaries that we have for you. And I really hope that you got a lot out of our 50th episode. And so this has been, uh, go to our facebook.com slash Inside the Champions Mind. Like it there. Please leave a comment there and send us a message. Uh, We do uh, um, reply to them. Get some awesome comments. Love the comments that come on the Facebook page. Yeah, really appreciate that. So, uh, you know, guys, we just love it. And go to a Couch.com. Check out our podcast and the rest of the podcast on the show, uh, the rest of the shows on the on the channel, and subscribe to us on iTunes. So this is Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity, the pursuit of being world class in anything you do. I'm Doctor I'm Doctor Lawrence Tam, and this is that's Marcus Pierce. See you I'll see you in two days, LT. See you in two days. Looking forward Woo-hoo! to it. See you in Melbourne. Hi, Dr. Brett Hill here from the Wellness Guys and That Paleo Show. Crown Melbourne will be pumping on August the 16th and 17th when this year's Wellness Summit arrives. Last year's event was a hit with attendees with Kelly L saying she was thoroughly inspired and Jen F saying she learned so much amazing information I think my brain is close to exploding. Deborah labelled it inspiring and empowering and Stephen felt very enlightened and enthused. If this sounds like you, then join myself and the other Wellness Guys, the Up For A Chat girls, Joe Witten from Thermomix and more than 600 people from across the globe as they descend on Crown Melbourne for this year's Wellness Summit. Tickets are just $2.97 and are available at www.thewellnesssummit.com. Can't wait to see you there. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.